The local government news roundup is proudly supported by Davidson. For 30 years, Davidson has been strengthening the local government sector by identifying and providing the people, expertise and experience that local government needs to enhance its capability, productivity and performance. Davidson is nationally recognised for its executive recruitment services and over the past four years has built a business advisory practice rapidly evolving into one of the nation's foremost and trusted local government business consultancy firms. The Davidson methodology and approach is simple. Thinking beyond now and aiming to be a valued partner with your local government, not just for the immediate project, but for the next 30 years. Speak to Justin Hanney or Seamus Scanlon to find out more or head to davidsonwp.com.au. Davidson, your future, your partner. Welcome to the Local Government News Roundup. I'm Chris Eddy. Coming up today, a councillor exodus continues at two Victorian councils. A council drops the prayer from its meetings for legal reasons. Will others follow? Greater Bendigo appoints its new CEO. A Victorian council bucks the trend on aged care service delivery. Sydney councils court controversy over their stance on the conflict in the Middle East. A Queensland council hits out at rumours about the status of its CEO. Results come in from the West Australian local government elections and New Zealand councils criticised for holding councillor workshops behind closed doors. Just some of the stories getting our attention on the local government news roundup today. Thanks for joining me for Australia's number one local government-focused podcast brought to you by the Victorian Local Governance Association, the national broadcaster on all things local government. Heading the Victorian Roundup today, the Glenelg Shire Council exodus continues with the resignation of Councillor Chrissy Hawker, a second-term councillor. She resigned on Friday with immediate effect. There have now been two councillor resignations and the resignation of the CEO, Paul Phelan, in just one week. And now a total of three councillors to leave their roles this year. Mayor Scott Martin told the ABC that there were issues within the council, but that the situation was not unworkable. As speculation continues about potential intervention from the local government minister, Mayor Martin said he would welcome any assistance that might come from the government. Glenelg is scheduled to conduct its mayoral election next week. Strathbogie Shire Council has been hit by its fourth councillor resignation this term and potentially a fifth. It was reported on Friday by the Aroa Gazette that Lake Nagambi Ward Councillor Reg Dickinson had resigned, citing a toxic environment. The former councillor has been removed from the councillor listing on the council's website, replaced with a designation of extraordinary vacancy. That same page also lists an extraordinary vacancy in Seven Creeks Ward. Shirley Saywell was elected to that position in August in a modified countback, replacing Christy Hurrigan, who cited issues with gender bias in her resignation statement. The councillor is yet to make any formal statement about the status of either councillor. Warrnambool City Council has kicked off mayoral election season and elevated Councillor Ben Blaine to the mayoralty. Councillor Blaine was elected unopposed this week and at 34 years of age, he's believed to be the youngest mayor of the city to date. Former Mayor Vicky Jelly was elected as Deputy Mayor. Mooney Valley City Council and East Gippsland Shire Council will conduct their elections for Mayor and Deputy Mayor on Thursday evening. 
Borondara City Council has voted to remove the prayer from its council meetings, supported by a majority of submissions from a community consultation process. 86% of submissions supported the removal of the prayer, while 13% preferred it be retained. Council has also received legal advice about the inclusion of a prayer at its meetings in light of the Charter of Human Rights and Responsibilities before making its decision. Some councillors spoke about feeling they had no choice but to support the prayer's removal, with lawyers confirming to The Guardian that their view was the use of a prayer is unlawful. Jennifer Canis of Morris Blackburn Lawyers said she hoped Borondara's decision would lead to a review of the practice by other councils. The Borondara vote was not unanimous, with just one councillor voting against the resolution. Mayor Felicity Sinfield said she was disappointed the matter had to be discussed, saying it had been unnecessarily divisive for the council and the community. Mount Alexandershire councillors have unanimously resolved to continue and expand the council's aged care services. The decision was made following an extensive review of the council's aged care services in response to national reforms of the aged care sector. Mayor Rosie Anir said the council would eventually explore delivering extra services as well and any expansion would be done in a sustainable way and in line with client demand. The council employs about 50 people to deliver aged care services and will now be the only local government in the Bendigo Federal Electorate to offer in-home aged care services. Andrew Cooney has been appointed as the new CEO of the City of Greater Bendigo. Mr Cooney has worked at three councils across the Loddon Mallee region and over the last five years with Greater Bendigo, he's led the development of the Bendigo GovHub and served as the council's Director of Commonwealth Games. He'll succeed long-term CEO Craig Neiman, who's stepping down in December after 16 years in the job. Mr Cooney has told the Bendigo Advertiser that there'll be no immediate shake-ups at the council and vowed to focus on helping councillors finish off their four-year term. A new acting CEO has commenced at Moira Shire Council, which is under administration until 2028. Michael Tudball, a former CEO at Southern Grampians and recently interim CEO at Karangamite Shire, is also a former mayor and councillor at Moorable Shire Council. He's taking the reins for a six-month period while a comprehensive search is conducted for the next permanent CEO of the council. A safety campaign targeting e-scooter behaviours has been unveiled in Yarra City Council. The campaign includes a clever YouTube video called Bootin' Scootin' Off the Footpath, encouraging users to ride only in bike lanes and on shared paths and roads, to always wear a helmet and to park their devices responsibly. Nearly 800,000 e-scooter trips have been taken under the trial that commenced in February 2022. Briefly, in other news, a potential memorial recognising the sacrifice of nurses on the island of Lemnos during World War I will be investigated by Greater Shepparton City Council. The council has adopted a resolution to look into the costs of designing and erecting a structure in Lemnos near Shepparton, which was named after the Greek island in the Aegean Sea, which was a staging area for Allied troops during the Gallipoli campaign. Portland Airport will be used as a reference station for a project aimed at increasing the accuracy of GPS in Australia and New Zealand. Glenelg Shire Council has approved a lease of up to 20 years for a small piece of land at the airport that will contribute to improving accuracy of global positioning services from a present 5 to 10 metres down to as little as 10 centimetres. 
Ballarat City Council will tonight consider a recommendation to introduce a weekly FOGO collection service and reduce the frequency of household waste collection to fortnightly. The proposed plan also includes a monthly residential glass bin collection and fortnightly mixed recyclables collection. If adopted, an additional $800,000 per annum will be required to deliver the new service. And Maribyrnong City Council has rescinded a decision to include a pop-up style bicycle path in the Summerhill Road reconstruction project. Mayor Sarah Carter successfully had the decision overturned based on a lack of community consultation and strategic planning. The council will engage the community on how best to deliver a north-south cycling connection. You're listening to the Local Government News Roundup with Chris Eddy. Let's start the National Roundup in Sydney today, where the City of Sydney's Lord Mayor Clover Moore has blocked a proposal to project the Israeli flag onto the Town Hall. Liberal Councillor Shauna Jarrett called on the City of Sydney to illuminate the Town Hall with the colours of the Israeli flag as a mark of respect for Israel and the Jewish community after the violent terrorist attacks by Hamas on October 7. Clover Moore knocked back the proposal, arguing that while the council condemns war, terrorism and violence in any form, it, quote, must stand with both communities during the difficult time. She called for the community to unite peacefully as now more than ever, it is vital we reflect our values of diversity, solidarity and inclusivity. Her decision was criticised by a spokesperson for the Israeli Defence Force, who said that she should have made a stand with Israel for good. At Waverley Council, an extraordinary meeting will be held on Thursday to potentially replace its deputy mayor and remove two councillors from their committee and delegate appointments. Four councillors have signed two motions, one of which would effectively vacate the office of deputy mayor, which is currently held by councillor Ludovico Fabiano. A petition with more than 1,000 signatures has been gathered calling for his resignation after he and Councillor Dominic Kanak last week voted against a council motion condemning the Hamas attacks. According to the Daily Telegraph, Councillor Fabiano has defended his stance and said he wanted to see amendments to the motion that acknowledged the military action taken by Israel. Meanwhile, Randwick City Council has overturned a decision made in June to fly the Palestinian flag as part of International Day of Solidarity in November. On Monday, the council abandoned the plan after Council Daniel Rosenfeld brought forward a motion to reverse the decision in light of recent events. On the Gold Coast in Queensland, the council has appointed its Mayor Tom Tate in a caretaker role in the absence of suspended murder-accused Division 7 councillor Ryan Bailden-Lumsden. The local government department has appointed an advisor for Division 7 until after next year's elections, but the advisor is not able to undertake duties ordinarily undertaken by a councillor in an official capacity. The Gold Coast Bulletin reported this week that councillors were unanimous at a meeting in accepting an officer recommendation to designate Mayor Tate as the community contact for Division 7 issues until the election in March next year. Scenic Rim Regional Council has described media speculation and rumours in the community about the status of its CEO, David Keenan, as salacious. In a statement to the Beaudesert Times, the council referred to the right for privacy for council officers who are currently on leave and said measures are in place to ensure services are delivered to the community while protecting the well-being of its officers. 
The speculation was fuelled when the council recently extended the tenure of acting CEO Oliver Pring around the time Mr Keenan was originally due to return from leave. The Local Government Association of Queensland has released a nine-point action plan to address the issue of youth crime in the state. The plan includes community-driven solutions such as tailored local solutions, diversionary strategies designed to keep young people out of the juvenile justice system and increased support for victims of crime. The LGAQ President and Sunshine Coast Mayor Mark Jamison emphasised that while law and order is a state government responsibility, councils are focused on putting forward constructive solutions to help address the concerns of their communities. Now to Western Australia, and concerns have been raised about delays with the results from the Western Australian local government elections held on Saturday. The switch to optional preferential voting and the direct election of mayors and shire presidents are said to be partly why it took longer to process votes, as well as a move away from ward structures at nearly all of the state's 139 local governments. Many results weren't confirmed until Tuesday. Electoral Commissioner Robert Kennedy told the ABC that the new process was logistically challenging and his promised a smoother performance at future council polls. Here are some of the notable results from the weekend's polls. Perth Lord Mayor Basil Zemplis has been elected for a second term, receiving nearly 57% of first preference votes. At the City of Stirling, incumbent Mark Irwin was comfortably returned, polling with more than 62% of first preference votes. Philomena Pifferetti was successful in the mayoral election in Bayswater after resigning her councillor position last week. An extraordinary election will be required to fill that councillor position. A tight mayoral race in Belmont with Robert Rossi successful from a field of five candidates. Former Greens MP Alison Zaman will be the new mayor of the city of Vincent. At Bustleton, a six-way contest for mayor saw Phil Cronin elected on preferences after receiving just 20.52% of first preference votes. Challenger Gary Mack has unseated incumbent Kerry Shannon and will be the new mayor at the town of Cambridge. The Shire of Augusta Margaret River has its first popularly elected Shire president. Julia Meldrum was successful from an all-female field of three candidates. Patrick Hall has been returned as Mayor of the City of Canning. Fiona Argyle has held on to the mayoralty at the City of Netlands. Greg Milner was comfortably elected Mayor of the City of South Perth. In what has been described as a shock result, Jerry Clune has replaced Shane Van Stin as Mayor of the City of Greater Geraldton. The City of Gosnell's mayoral election has been comfortably won by Theresa Lyons with more than 70% of first preferences. And Glenn Wilson has been declared the Mayor of Kalgoorlie Boulder. Head to lgnewsroundup.com for more information on the weekend's election outcomes. In the national briefs, a new CEO starts at WA's Shire of Menzies this week. Glenda Teed was CEO of the Shire of Victoria Plains for six years and has led councils in Queensland and the Northern Territory previously. The Shire of Menzies has been without a permanent CEO for more than 12 months. Applications have been called for the CEO position at South Australia's District Council of Peterborough. The council is seeking a replacement for Stephen Rufus, who finishes on the 27th of October, after which Colin Davies will be acting CEO until a new CEO commences. MacArthur is handling the process, with applications closing on the 6th of November. The Shire of Gumaling in WA is also looking for its next CEO. The Shire is 130 kilometres northeast of Perth, and the recruitment is being managed by Fitzgerald Strategies. Applications are due in by the 28th of November. 
And Willoughby City Council is advocating for tougher penalties and deterrence for the destruction of trees. A recent large-scale tree vandalism incident has prompted the council's call to the New South Wales government for a comprehensive review of the legislative framework. It's offered a $10,000 reward to find those responsible for the recent incident and will seek the support of other councils for its advocacy position at the upcoming Local Government New South Wales conference. Now on the Local Government News Roundup, it's time for the International Spotlight. Starting in New Zealand today, where that country's chief ombudsman has reprimanded councils for holding secret workshops behind closed doors. Peter Boschier conducted a review of eight councils in light of complaints that critical decisions were being made out of the public eye, potentially undermining local democracy. In his report released this week, he said reasons of controversy, complexity or the potential for embarrassment were not good reasons to exclude the public. According to a report from Radio New Zealand, Mr Boschier said elected members should be resilient enough to withstand reasonable public scrutiny. He said the openness and transparency requirements of the Local Government Act meant, in his view, that all workshops should be open by default, with their time and location advertised in advance. A plan to freeze council tax in Scotland has been met with anger and annoyance. The local authority body COSLA said the announcement by the First Minister was made without any agreement from councils and undermined the Verity House Agreement. According to the BBC, COSLA feels previous tax freezes have been regressive and not to the benefit of those who need it most. It says democratically elected councils should be the ones to make such decisions, despite the First Minister's confirmation that the freeze will be fully funded by the Scottish Government. To the US, an Oregon City Council meeting has been disrupted by several AI-generated speaker bots that made racist and hateful comments towards its Jewish mayor. According to the Daily Mail, the incident occurred during a virtual meeting earlier this month where over a dozen callers began spouting racist, bigoted and conspiratorial views. The mayor, Lacey Beatty, quickly cut them off and the exact slurs used by the bots have been redacted from the public video of the meeting. Mayor Beatty believes it was likely one person using AI to log in and make the comments. She said she understood from other female mayors that similar incidents have occurred in other cities. The council released a statement expressing empathy and condemning the display of bigotry. The mayor and vice mayor of a city in the San Francisco Bay Area are facing a community backlash over a proposed anti-Israeli resolution, according to the Richmond Standard. Community members are being mobilised to speak against a proposed 570-word resolution put forward by Mayor Eduardo Martinez and Vice Mayor Gail McLaughlin of the city of Richmond. The motion, which some say is biased and inflammatory, describes Israel as an apartheid state, accuses it of ethnic cleansing and does not condemn the October 7 Hamas attacks on Israel. Criticism against the motion has come from Jewish and non-Jewish members of the Richmond community. And still in the Bay Area, the mayor of San Francisco is moving to deregulate construction processes to speed up housing development. The city has targeted the construction of 82,000 housing units over the next eight years. But according to Route50.com, at the current rate, it's delivering less than 3,000 annually. Mayor London Breed said, 
We need to get out of our own way when it comes to housing. She signed legislation to reduce building fees and the number of affordable units required for projects and wants to see over-the-counter permits where proposals comply with existing building rules. State and federal measures are also being brought in, including an $85 million White House program to help communities identify and remove obstacles to housing development. That's the latest for you from the Roundup for the 25th of October 2023 and brought to you by the Victorian Local Governance Association, the national broadcaster on all things local government. You can find links to the stories referenced in this episode and a full transcript at lgnewsroundup.com. As they say in the theatre world, the Roundup will be dark this weekend. I'm taking a short break and we'll be back with our next new episode around this time next week, perhaps a little later in the week than usual. The local government news roundup is recorded in the city of Greater Geelong, Victoria, on the land of the Wadawurrung people of the Kulin Nation. Until next time, thanks for listening and bye for now. The Local Government News Roundup is brought to you by the Victorian Local Governance Association. As Victorian councils go to elections later this year, the VLGA is ready to support communities and councils in good governance. A series of workshops has been designed to increase understanding of the local government sector, the work of councils and the role of a councillor. Registrations are being taken now for workshops in May on standing for local government and local women leading change. And Member councils should look out for the VLGA's 2024 Local Government Election Pre-Candidate Prospectus, available soon. Find out more about how the VLGA can support your council and community during this important time in the local government election cycle. Visit vlga.org.au.